Jamie Dimon is trying to convince all of us that the banking crisis is over. Have you seen the price action in some of these regional banks? Someone's not convinced. Earnings season rolls on in Uber. Did everyone in the chat take an Uber last quarter? Uber taken off. So we'll take a look at that. Earnings from Pfizer. We have a pandemic stock that's just getting absolutely killed. Let's talk about it with Triple D and Money Mitch on Tuesday, pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We're starting the day out a little bit in the red. We'll see if that continues. Down eight and a half handles at 41.77 and a quarter. The buck getting near that 102 level. Keep an eye on that. 101.95, up three pennies, but it looks like we're bid up here. Uh, the bonds getting back some of those losses from yesterday. We're up a half a point at 130 and 530 seconds. Crude down 20 cents, 75.45. The battle of 2K continues in the gold market, up 320 at 1995.40. Wow, what happened to silver? That thing was up in the 26 handle, and someone pulled the rug out on that one. We're down to 24 handle, down 29 cents at 24.94. And Bitcoin, a little bit on the recovery. Bad day yesterday, trying to find support at 28K. That's up $225 at $28,140. let us bring in Triple D. And Triple D, I mean, you know, Jamie Dimon. I mean, you, the the guy has been the the kingpin of the banking for how long? I mean, yeah. how long has this guy been around? He's put together some uh, what Chase Manhattan, right? J.P. Morgan and big deals. And yeah, and he seems to get the pretty good end of the deals here. But he's good man, at getting the good ends of the deals, and he did it on FRC here too. Obviously, taking no risk, getting all their good stuff. Um, and then he's running around, and obviously, you know, commentary yesterday is what they wanted him to say. He believes that this is the end, that this is the end of the regional banking crisis. The regional banks are telling you a different story yesterday because they shoved those comments down his throat. KRE breaking down yesterday. You won't see it in the S&P, but you will see it in the IWM. It wasn't that great yesterday. A high and then start and give it back. But you really notice in the KRE. And there's individual regionals that really had an ugly day. Check out VLY. New lows on the move, Valley National Band Corp. Check out, um, you know, MCB if you want, PACW. All these stocks, very, very weak. After being strong early on in the session, giving it back, starting to break down here again. I mean, this is what, you know, we look under the hood and we see what's happening. So the market was happy. They were thinking it's just FRC. Is the market going to continue to be happy if we lose another five or ten of these things? I don't think so. But... You know, this market is resilient and we know the rotation keeps it alive. And those rotation into those six to seven stocks is the reason the S&P looks a hell of a lot different than the IWM. IWM, obviously, 
know, 2000 stocks, lots of small caps, smaller companies, but more feel for what the real market is doing. Because if you remove those seven stocks, this S&P does not look like this doesn't look as rosy as a lot of people want you to believe. All right. Good morning, uh, Mitch here uh, back on uh, Tuesday here. Yes. Lead lead the charge here, Mitch. Where do we, do we get uh, get our earnings out of the way first or you want to do you want to do some more on the regional banks is there any particular i think i think the important part is just like keeping it simple right like i i was able to play kre to the upside before i left but now you look at the action the kre and that just shows you enough right i think that one thing is for certain you got to be careful if you're going after one of these names because you have that overnight risk right i want to keep in mind mm. that if those traders are taking shots here well, I would maybe take a shot on an ETF, but definitely not going after just a single name because of the overnight risk that is really presenting itself. And the truth is, if one of them is going to keep going down every kind of couple of weeks and just continue leaking down, one thing that's been talked about right now is will we start to see some short hedging against these banks as you get further along, especially going into June? Um, a lot of people are talking that the hedge funds, the bigger firms could be starting to short against these as a hedge against their own bets. What do you guys think about that? Oh, I just I, I'm still stuck, you know, and I get in this, you know, and I, I try to get myself out of it. You know, I get this circular crisis thought. mode. You're in crisis. Well, you're crisis not in mode. crisis mode, but you're in like risk mode. You know, mm -hmm. you're in like, how do I manage the risk here? And. I just sit, think, you know, what I want to see, and I've said this before, for me to get really start getting bullish, I want to see the KRE start getting above 45, and then I can forget about those FRC problems. I really wanted to see it yesterday. I wanted to see them buy up the other regional banks saying this is it. And the exact opposite happened. You don't see it in the S&P. They're not even talking about S&P. Oh, the markets are great. But the exact opposite happened. We're right near the bloody lows. You know what stock scares me the most is PNC. PNC, which nobody's talking about here, really scares me. Got hit yesterday because they didn't um, they didn't get the FRC assets. They wanted to make a bid for those deposits along with JP Morgan. JP Morgan got them and PNC did not. But you want to know something? I bet PNC needs those assets a hell of a lot more than JP Morgan did. Watch this PNC. You do not mm -hmm. want this one start making new lows because this looks a lot different than the JP Morgan chart. I don't know if they have some bad loans, but I'm saying that they probably aren't just as clean, you know, as a JP Morgan. So I'm somewhat concerned about PNC. This is a little bit of a boogeyman for me too. Keep an eye on this one. Hopefully it doesn't make new lows. I mean, I wonder what they're, uh, we'll have to do a little bit of um, uh, digging deep into like where their exposure is, right? Being a, mm -hmm. being a Midwest bank. And I mean, I think, I think all, I think the primary reason when you look at, uh, you know, FRC is just, is these housing loans, you know, they're stuck. I mean, there's just no, there's no out. Like sometimes when you're in a bad trade, there's an out, right? You could just hit the bid, yeah, but yeah. these Liquidity things are, now. Yeah, there, there's, there's just no, there's nothing. There's nowhere to go. And and with rates continuing to go up, it's going to continue to exacerbate the problem. Now, the one thing that's still, you know, probably why the, some of these banks are still hanging by a thread is the housing market hasn't collapsed yet, right? 
So mm-hmm. people are, you know, they're still they're either advertising their payment out 50 years or they're still, you know, they're still making the payments. But uh, Dennis, you're right. Uh, a lot of mixed signals here as far as Very the market. Much. Yeah. As far as the market goes here. I mean, we just we've hit a wall here and it's the same area that we've come up to before we did sneak over 4,200 yesterday. And, you know, I was looking at, you know, playing this on the long side a little bit, and it would make up a, you know, and make a new high and you would think, okay, you know, we got, you know, we got some momentum. And then it just feels just like a wave of sellers would come in. You know, I'd be looking for news or something and they would knock, you know, six, seven, eight handles off the S&P. So, I mean, that can happen, you know, during the day, it can happen on any circumstances, but it was just like, Okay, all right, we're above 4,200 now. You know, sell me 6,000 SPs down to, you know, 4,195. It just, you feel that kind of selling pressure. They're trying to sell into strength, but then all of a sudden they just come in and they pound it on weaknesses. So when you get to a point where you can identify resistance, you know where the resistance is, and it's harder to identify, you know, where, like, where's good support? Like, if you were trying to buy the dip now in the SPI, you know, Friday's low was even a long ways away. So, uh, but we've seen this market time and time again just kind of, you know, shrug things off and let it's, the big It's act. the S&P. There's a big difference. The S&P shrugging it off because of those mega cap tech stocks. The IWM mm-hmm. hasn't shrugged off anything. Nothing. The yeah. IWM is not far from the lows. I mean, I, I, I just think like you got NVIDIA, nonstop marching. Right now, people don't care. FOMO has taken over NVIDIA. They don't care it's trading 60 times earnings. They don't care Microsoft's trading 31 times earnings. They don't care Apple trading 27 times earnings. They don't care that these earnings on some of these companies have been going down. The growth has slowed substantially on some of these. But they don't care because right now, they're just like, no, this is these are the stocks that win no matter what. And I do think these stocks outperform no matter what because if you go in to another regional banking crisis, these hold up better. And you know what? If you're pulling out to new all-time highs, these stocks probably go up. So that's why the money keeps crowding there. But holy, is that trade crowded in some mm-hmm. of these names. Very, very, very crowded. Schwab's another one. you got to keep an eye on yeah, Schwab. Not rallying. You know, you think this is one, you know, the better brokers, you know, like I, some people compare it to Goldman and Morgan. Schwab, $80. It's been hanging out here at this 50 for too long, Joel. Too long not getting away from it. Didn't even get a sniff of a rally yesterday on the FRC. Finally, you know, getting, you know, settled out. And JP Morgan obviously taking over the good stuff, even the taxpayer with the bad stuff. Needs to hold 50. You don't want to see Schwab start breaking below 50 because then there's problems there too. So lots of things to worry about. But we've had lots of things to worry about. And the S&P continues to climb the wall of worry. So the technicians are still winning here because the market continues to, at least the S&P, continues to go higher. One way I'll be watching this for you day traders out there, of course, it's a leverage play, so be careful. But FAZ is going to be a way that I'll be looking at playing this even today. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Let's keep moving out of regional bank crisis. Let's go towards some of the earning stocks on the day. And got to give a shout out to my man, Dennis Dick, because he got the Pfizer right. Let's talk about it. Q1 adjusted EPS, $1.23 beats the 98 estimate. Sales of $18.28 billion beat the $16.59 billion estimate. They reaffirmed fiscal year 23 revenue guidance. But of course, you saw a sales decline driven lower by lower demand of the company's COVID vaccine. Sales declined 10 billion or 75% compared to the same quarter last year. 
Well, I'll say I am not right on this one, Mitch. And I will not take right on buying it. Right on what back. you you were you were right on what you said though. You knew that the decline would come from the COVID vaccine. You just yeah. thought you were getting it at a discount enough. And, and I that, was wrong. That, and that, again, that the you, co- I underestimated how much they really hate these COVID vaccine stocks. <laughs> and this is the reason Pfizer's down from fifty-two to thirty-nine. Yeah. The other pharmaceuticals are holding up. It's all because of the jab. BNTX, we can see that continues to go lower. I think it's going under 100 bucks here eventually. Moderna continues to leak. I've said before I like Moderna better than BNTX. I don't know where that pair trade when I started talking about it would be, but yeah, I think you should have wrote that it. down. I yeah. should, yeah, I should have wrote it down. I think it was like I think I'm probably down like 20 in the Moderna, but I think I might be up over 20 in the BNTX. So regardless, I think both of these paths will continue to be lower here. There's just going to be less people getting the jab, and it's not good news for BNTX. It's not good news for Moderna. And it's definitely not good for Pfizer, but Pfizer is a little different story. At a certain point in time, even if they're getting zero from the COVID jab, they, they got a lot from other drugs. Right? They'll pivot. They'll pivot. They'll pivot. To so else. at a certain point in time, Pfizer will be a buy. Um, I've been taking heat on this one. Terrible call by me to go in this. And obviously, um, I mean, yeah. you didn't get it too far from here, right? I think you got it. No, like, what, horrible. 44? Well, I originally, my original cost, so I'm still up in Pfizer because my, I originally mm-hmm. bought this like a decade ago at like 14 bucks. <laughs> that helped but then out. I bought more <laughs> at like 48, which was just a terrible buy. Terrible buy. Hey. You know, you're like looking, oh, the P is 11. Well, the P is lower because, you know, they were making all that COVID. You know, you got to dig deeper there. It's just terrible, you know, by me. Obviously, and I deserve to lose money on that. You've never, you added to some of your big winners. Just I don't normally do that. Oh, yeah, no. over it's the usually years. a mistake. I did yeah. it with Celgene too. Yeah, that's back what in I was day. thinking of. My average cost basis on Celgene yeah, was twenty five bucks. The stock was one hundred and seventy five dollars at one point in time. It came back down to a hundred, and I added to it. I brought my cost basis up on that to like sixty five. The damn thing went down to sixty. <laughs> I took you know a five hundred percent loser winner to a loser by doing that. And then That's they got a, taken out by averaging somebody. Up doesn't work well either. No, no, no it doesn't. No. It, it, it definitely doesn't. And I think that's one thing that you can all learn from, right? I mean, it's going to happen. And one thing that you, when you have a really good position, it's almost hard not to add to the position, right? Because you're looking at it, you're like, well, this could keep going, right? But don't ruin huh. that average cost yeah, because very boy. simply, you could have been at the bottom of the range. And then you push yourself to the top end of that range and then get stopped out. Only added in uh, all my years of long-term investing. And I'm not going to say I, because I didn't pull the trigger on it, but the only winning position, the only winner we added to, or she added to, we don't even have to talk about this stock. It was the worst ad in the history of Peloton. I know it. I begged. I begged. I I wanted, I never thought about it. Stop. I don't even, you, I don't even you weren't allowed to sell it. Did you ever did sell it? Did you sell it? I don't nah, even know. Where is still, it? Ten bucks? I think he still has it. Bucks. Yeah. You know what? I might be in one of her accounts, so I don't I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's um, not <laughs> you were Joel was right on this one. I, Joel I was right I, all the way down on this one. Well, you know I what else I was looking at too? Um the end of ride. You know, we were yeah. oh, so long oh, here man. and that was a stock. Hey, hey, uh, I'm still taking some uh covered calls on it. <laughs> On ride? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just I know. joking. You gotta right watch I'm joking. I'm joking, guys. I'm joking. Yeah, that, was, that was me. Yeah. But, but in any regard here, yeah, this um, is right into the about sunset. That going concern here, Joel. Not official bankruptcy here yet, but talking that that is an option for them now. So it does indeed look like ride will be a zero here eventually. It's 37 cents here now. Um, right into the you just got to be careful, you know, with 
obviously, you know, holding on to stuff for too long. That's all. So yeah, we we we, we you know what? We're, let's let's not. Uh, we, we won't go there. We don't. We, don't, we won't go. We're not. We're not. But I'm just saying this is um you this know riding, th- this man. is a story that a lot of people lost a lot of money. In. I mean, well, it just goes to show you, right? Always look underneath the hood. This this company had problems and problems and problems countless times. There's a reason why they were shifting to different uh, warehouses. They were also dealing with workhorse. Um, I can tell you, you got to look underneath the hood, especially when you're talking about speculative companies. That's why I'm still concerned about Lucid. I don't know how long Lucid would be around. Well, the one th- difference in Lucid is it's got the Saudis behind it. That's, so there's a yeah, lot they'll, of they'll probably just take it though. That I, I mean, probably the reason it's held up better than some of the others, but all these Rivian. I mean, think about this EV story where we were yeah. two years ago and all these things with these ridiculous market caps. Oh, they're Ridiculous. all worth more, more than Ford and GM. Pure stupidity. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Pure stupidity. That Rivian, $120 worth more than Ford and GM. There were so many of these things. Just uh, epic, pure stupidity. Now you're starting to come in. You're starting to see. And you're going to see a lot of these thing companies fail. I don't know if it's Lucid or Rivian, but there's a hundred of these bloody things out there. You know, you had Solo was another one. That's 49 cents. There was so many of these things. The pie just wasn't that big. And we talked about it back then. We knew Tesla was going to be a player, and we know there'll be a couple other players in there. And I at one time thought Fisker may be the one. I think Fisker is still going to be a survivor. I do still think Fisker is going to survive. Yeah, they're just struggling right now. But it's all about valuation in the long run. In the short run, all that matters is story. In the long run, all that matters is valuation. It's selling like cars, it. man. Love you got to sell cars. You got to sell <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, Joel says it all the time. Joel's making more cars. If you buy garage. a stock, a car company, because they they uh, they produce twenty six thousand instead of seventeen thousand in a quarter. I mean, come on, give me a break. But I just, I would like to know, and I'd like to bring the chat here and and mm-hmm. ask them because Mitch, you were gone last week, and Dennis, mm-hmm. I don't know how we were with the the tangents but we just went from pfizer to ride love it and, and love then, it. okay i just want to talk about pfizer real quick and i have a little piece of this one too i think in the lower 40s it stopped where it should have if you're i mean these thick stocks folks if you're trading these things after hours a big thick stock like this you got a pair of highs at 40 20 40 30 40 19 that's where the big boys were, right? For three, mm-hmm. four days in a row trying to sell on strength. Your pre-market high comes in right on the kisser at 40.30, and you have leaked 80 cents so far. Uh-uh. I don't even know if you're going to get a look at 40 today, especially here in a down market. So uh, there's the a stock look looks at like the Pfizer. It does. Look at this. It's, ah, it does. This is the problem when you're in these downtrends. Completely talking as my book. When you're in these wicked downtrends, it's so hard to break. Because as it pops up, people are like, please give my money back. Please give my money back. It pops up, please give my money back. And that's why the downtrends are so vicious. And they're so hard to break. And even when you get to valuations that are reasonable, it's just hard to turn it around on a dime because there's just oh, so much overhead supply. You know, me, me, me too. Mm. I mean, Pfizer comes back to 44, I'm probably dumping some stock. I mean, it's the yeah. same thing. I got an interesting play to watch out for. If we're starting to see this decline in the COVID vaccine, what about AZN? 
Uh, what about what are them come, what about them coming after this one? You know, it aren't seems they a little like bit it wants more to get through. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the pro the, the Pfizer's and AstraZeneca are not BioNTech and Moderna though because they have so many other things going on. I yeah. mean, I don't know. And again, you just got to go in and I guess look gotta at do know, the, the research, revenue, right? Got to yeah. do the research, due diligence. Look at the revenue. How much? Just something that I'm job. thinking about. Any you know? company that's getting more than half the revenue from the jab is not a is not a good place to be here right now. This jab, people are not going to get a lot of these jabs. The people who are getting the jabs are not getting the jabs anymore. The people who weren't getting the jabs are never getting the jabs. So that's the issue for BNTX. You can say, oh, yeah, look at the PE. That E is going to go down significantly if less people continue to get uh, the COVID shot. And I believe that is the case because the data is showing it's not helping. It's not right. helping anything. All right. I'm going to bring us through the disaster stock of the day. Let's go to Chegg as they did Q1 EPS at 27 cents, beat the 26 cent estimate. <sighs> Sales of 187.6 million, beat the 185.18 million estimate. They do see Q2 total revenues to 178 million versus 193 million estimates. So definitely revenues down there. Subscription services also not looking the best as you're seeing them down oh 5% year over year. Wonderful. Of course, what is affecting Chegg? Of course, AI, the usage of chat GPT um, from students is causing this company issue. And it could continue. My goodness. There's so many like disasters too. Like here's another disaster. Man. And again, you know, maybe this is to be seen. But you think about this darling here. If we go back to 2021, goes from, you know, the, basically this area, $20 to 115 bucks at the high. We're now $9 here. And stocks that go from 115 to 9 don't often go back to 115 So... I'm not trying to buy the dip and say, and I don't follow the company that closely. Maybe there's some value at a certain point in time, but this is just an epic disaster. And when you have disasters like this, they don't bounce back easily. Yeah, and it's not even showing. I mean, there's just a step down seller in here. Uh, Continuous, offered, all yeah. after hours. Every time yeah. it's hitting my, so I have a filter running. Every time something makes a new low, it hits it, it hits it, it hits it. This thing just in it all night. It's like, oh, 10 minutes later, new low. Another 20 minutes ago, new low. I mean, these are not the stocks. These are not the stocks you're looking for. 897. You go back to May of 2019. There was a low at 897. And then a pair of monthly lows at 8. So that's uh, that's just the monthly chart I'm just giving you because that's about all the information I can give you. Look, it had to gap down after last earnings. And then people, oh, yeah, this is okay. We're buying it under 16. And if you didn't get out over $18, look at that. Boom, another ugly looking chart here for Chegg. But let's come on, let's go to a good earnings. And I think everyone in the chat took an Uber last quarter. Well, I'll tell you a little story, Joel. Well, I, when I was looking at what was I going to do to get from the airport Bush International in Houston, IAH, over to Galveston, which is about an hour and a half, uh -huh. I looked at all the different options, right? I looked at the super shuttles. I looked at what the cruise lines could offer. And then I said, you know what? Let me just take a look at what Uber could do for me. What if I just took an Uber all the way over there? Well, guess what? It was 50% cheaper to take wow. an Uber than to take a super shuttle. And wow. what would I have been doing on those, on those Really? Shuttles? Yes. It was $109 per person on those things. When I paid, what, like $86 complete 
went in with even tip included. I paid up to $100 and it was 50% cheaper to take the Uber about an hour and a half distance than taking a shuttle that they, they load up with like 30 people in there. That's crazy. That's yeah. why I think Uber has an advantage. People are willing to drive these things for nothing. They're not making that much. That's the truth. I feel bad. Uber's making Uber, the majority Uber's of the money. Making the money. You Uber's talk to people, you know, who are the drivers, and they're like, Uber takes a huge chunk of it. So Uber is making the money. Fabulous company here. Um, I'm kind of mad at myself because I talked about Uber, I feel like a couple months ago, and I was like, I kind of like this one. And, you know, it came back in. And it came back all the way down to this 2930. And you know what? You can look at valuations losing money, but this company can make more money if it wanted yeah. to here. And I think it I think it does eventually. So I do think Uber is best of breed. I do think Uber is eating Lyft's lunch. I'm not interested in Lyft. I want if I want to own one, it's gonna be best of breed here. I'm not chasing stocks, put it on your list. I mean, you go into a tougher market environment here again, this thing pulls back to the low thirties. I think it's a buy in the low thirties. Wow, right back up over 36 bucks. 3640 is your pre-market high and then a couple areas you were up here at uh, 3623, 3673. I mean, I think that's a good target. You backed off 80, you know, almost 80 cents from that high. Uh, I even look at 36, uh, you know, a nice round number. Someone's thinking, "Well, I missed the I missed the 3650. Maybe I'll get out there at 36 even or 36.23 coming on the downside here wow nice run up too who uh someone did an upgrade on this thing was it uh was it city group or somebody give, was give it, whoever did some props on friday i think uh, it was. i i don't remember but give yeah some props I'll use yeah. the that takes Pro guts and to back. go and upgrade a stock before an earnings call. But this Who was that? No, did you have that um, need him need him need him, uh, need him. But, yeah we yeah, need them. Yeah. We need them on the show. It, it was a it was a reiterate. So it, it, they already had the buy. So they just they just kept it on and maintained fifty four dollar price target. So fifty four dollars on their price target doesn't look too bad as we're up there to the thirty fives. I'm really starting to push. All right, let's get out of Uber. Let's keep it going. We we were talking about yesterday. We noticed um, a stock that was jumping up on our trade zero segment. It was Win resorts right so i was i was looking at mgm was thinking maybe this could have a move in the intraday it did do a nice move in the intraday but the earnings actually coming down after good earnings let's talk about it q1 eps 44 cents beat the 10 cent estimate sales of 3.87 billion beat 3.59 billion estimate revenue from las vegas strip properties was up 31 percent overall to 2.2 billion and mgm china saw casino revenues increase 140 percent to 555 million during the quarter so at least from what the earnings are saying this is really good and mgm taking a hit again this is similar to you know obviously not crocs where it really ran up but it ran up into the earnings report the earnings were fine but it ran up like literally 10 percent in four days before this report so when they stocks run up 10 percent in four days and mgm is not a high mover kind of all priced in there so uh -huh. there you go and then you get a, a report and it was pretty good and it was up on the report but then they start leaking it here too it's a funny market man you can have a good report good beat beat raise and go down it all depends on sentiment and, and how crowded the trade is 
Uh, we're looking at uh, 45 and a quarter. So it's, if you you know if you still like to report, still hasn't got to yesterday's low yet. After that, that's where the uh, the, the big drop comes in. Uh, the disparity between yesterday's low 46 and a quarter and Friday's low 42.97. So important to bull step up at 45 and a quarter. Uh, coming back on the upside, don't know if you're going to see that yesterday's high, 46.37, but on a quick rally up here, uh, 46.04 uh, was that closing price. That was a recent closing uh, high for the move, and this 46 area, that would uh, that was your March high, too. So 46 comes into play. I don't think you'll get anywhere near that pre-market high of 47.19. Uh, I think there was an upgrade of pen today, and yeah, man, I looked at that thing going through thirty. Every time I look yes. at these, all these gaming stocks, and I took my eye pen, off it. Pen's yep. a sleepy one. Eleven months EKNG sideways, going. Eleven months sideways action yeah. in that stock. Pen is sleepy. It don't look bad actually. I'm long it. It doesn't good, look good bad. Good mention, Joel. Uh, good mention. I, I was looking at. How that was old yesterday. Dave? We haven't heard from Dave in a while. Is he still kicking around? Well, they they like completely sold the right the the barstool assets right completely right. I think two pen, and so they have all the act all the exposure now to barstool. From what I know, you guys chat. I know they'll keep Fortnite's me. still there. Keep he's me still honest. Fortnite's just... still there, but he's oh, yeah. been in he's been in hiding ever since the thing that happened to him. We all know what happened to him. Okay, um, he's been in hiding since then, Joel. He's still he's... out there. He's not even that much hiding. He's out there. He's. I he's, mean, he's not what he Portnoy. used to be. He's Dennis. out there still. He, he's Portnoy. not what he used to I, be. I actually, you know, he's funny. You got to give Portnoy. He is yeah. funny, man. He is funny, he's but an entertainer, and he's very good at his job. Yeah, that's what he does, and he's good at it. But uh, definitely, I've seen him go a little bit away since then. But Penn, definitely. I mean, is this ever going to get moving? If they're saying that Las Vegas revenues are up, Macau's up, will we finally yeah. start seeing Penn I, get to I move? think it's a sleepy one. Um, yep. I think it's a sleepy one. I like the breakout here. I don't like a lot of breakouts, but we're breaking above this key resistance of 30 on an upgrade. Again, I hate chasing stocks, but I mean, I you know, and I, and again, this is the market that seems to give you you know more chances unless it's those seven tech stocks that we continue to talk about. But another one too, just to mention, earnings tonight, Caesars Entertainment, right? CZR also sleepy down here at the bottom. Just keep an eye on it. Maybe that starts to take a little bit of a lead into their earnings today. We'll find out. You know what yep. stock has been around forever? High GT. <laughs> Remember that what one? is that what is that the lottery that's play? like the slot they work on the slot machines the, the stuff yeah the stuff inside like they work for the casinos so and it's done well here too yeah, look at hasn't this done stock too bad. coming back long ways back from the lows like we're not far from highs here multi-year highs i always I shy to say all-time highs because then 30, you go back 15 years resistance. and you see something different but this is like up near the highs here so Gambling is back, man. The people are going out and doing stuff. The what casinos, recession? You can see the turnaround we've had and win and Las Vegas Sands. That's why I don't really get why Penn, maybe his valuation, may Penn trade a little bit higher valuation than the others. But it seems like the only one that really hasn't gone up. So I guess if you like the laggard catch-up trade, you like it. But if you like relative strength, Penn doesn't have that. Look at Churchill Downs, too. I mentioned that uh, yesterday going into the Derby on uh, – and um crazy uh, yeah it said crazy and uh boy oh boy look at that just busting out is it just of... a trade to be long chdn the week before the derby i don't i don't we know should if write this ever, down because i tell I... you right now it would have been a trade there maybe you got to buy it two weeks ahead just to make sure they don't start buying it too early write this down for next year 
CHDN seasonality. Is it what the Derby always the same? Uh, uh, yeah, first Saturday in May. First Saturday in May. So what I think we got to do in chat, remember this too, because I'll forget it. We need to buy CHDN like the last week of April. That's what we need to do. It's like buy CHDN the last week of April every single year. Because let's go look back. Can we go look back and we'll see go what we did last year? We got a weekly here. Hard to um, do with the weeklies. And it's all chopped up in there too. Um. All right. Well, you want to do it on the dailies? We can do. Tell you work this year. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying. Big to go favorite this it. year. It's going to be tough Hard to write to an tell. article because there's a big, big favorite in there. It definitely uh, don't look like that. Uh, Who's the favorite? See. Forte. Forte. Who are so, you batting on? I haven't. Well, I got to wait for the draw because I don't know who everyone's in there. I I don't know. I don't know. I hate to go. You know how I hate to go with the favorite. I haven't done my research yet. Um, so I'll let you know, but let's go May here. Mm, it didn't work last year, Dennis. No. Definitely did not work in 22. You would have gotten smoked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, there's a little rally in there. When, when is that? So when is that high where you're pointing to? You know That's what I mean? A, was that before or after the Derby? This high right here was uh, before the Derby, like at the end and of April. And there to sell off right before yeah. the end of the Derby. Yeah. Uh, but I don't uh, know if he got smoked because he got the April. You maybe you don't make anything, but you can look at last week, April. You had the run up. Look, you got the run up. Uh, a little bit. April. There was a little oh. run up in there of 15 points in there. I guys, see it. Mitch guys. sees it. Guys, all I got to say is will we get the famous Joel L. Conan call from oh, yeah. the race? Joel, I want you not even to watch the race. I want you to announce the race live for us. I can't do it. I used we to need do to do this. this. I, I we need to, to do, do this on YouTube. I will get the. I'll get the video up. We'll have Joel Alconin speaking in the background. I want to see the races are off, baby. Nah, you know why? Because I, I, I get uh, like I know like the horse that I bet on. Like I could tell like within like fifteen Fuck. seconds, yeah, twenty seconds, early. if he's like toast or not, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, on, oh, I get all the, you know. And then if I would have been announcing that race when that horse got disqualified a couple years ago, oh. I mean, my my phone lit up. You nailed it. You nailed it. And I was watching that race, and I'm like, <laughs> I saw that horse bear out, and I'm like, I told the the race wasn't even over yet. And I said, at least I go, they're pulling that horse down. I mean, he interfered. She goes, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, I mean, he went out two or three. I think someone spooked him in the infield. Um, I think it's what happened. And he. <laughs> I'll tell you out. what, the like, chat wants to see it, Joel. So we got to talk about it. We'll, I will we'll tell you, when I was look. a kid, I used to take the old programs uh, from the races, from the track, because we used to go once a week or whatever. And they would have the results from the old races. Right. <laughs> and they would have like every position, the quarter, you know, the starting, the quarter, you know, boom, boom, boom. And that's how and you then, got started doing this, right? Yeah. That's yeah. how you got started doing this. All right, do doing we got, media. Do, I love it. Let's do it. Do All you right, got Dan get, around? Was, yeah, we, we do. Let's get, okay. let's get into our Trade Zero Tuesday. All right, we got a stallion here, our man Dan. What's going on? How we doing? Gentlemen, I could listen to you guys all day long. I mean, super <laughs> entertaining. And, you know, I got to say, given the markets lately, um, you know, sort of the choppiness that we've seen the last few weeks. And, and uh, I think just what you guys are doing uh, just is ever so important. Um, you know, the investing is just is, is tough right now. But obviously, there's lots of opportunity when we talk about trading intraday opportunities and deltas 
Um, I think it's just ever more applicable uh, today, more than ever, uh, that, that folks should kind of dive in and really, you know, appreciate what you guys are doing and listen, listening to, uh, to the themes of the day and whatnot, because you guys are providing a minimal thought, thought behind, uh, behind action uh, and, 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 and maybe even, you know, input as, as to directionally what folks should be doing on a daily basis. But um, super entertaining. And I got to say, got a lot of value just on hold, uh, waiting, waiting for the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes, listening to you guys' discussion. Thank, thank you, Dan. We do appreciate that. Um, I want to know, and obviously you guys look at some of these smaller stocks. You, are you playing any of these China stocks? you guys playing any of uh. these China stocks? Because like we saw last week and I was thinking about, you know, this <laughs> TOP going up from, what is it, five bucks to 250 and back to 50 and MEGL was another one. And it seems like there's like four or five of these things almost every day. Are, are the traders at Trade Zero playing these things? They are. Long, short, you know, it's sort of a tale of two cities. Uh, you know, it's it's been um, it's been it's been it's been an interesting couple last week where, uh, you know, a lot of folks really blew up their accounts. You know, folks were on the short side with with uh, with with these stocks and the way that they've fl flown up, especially in the after hours. Uh, we've yeah. seen a couple of crazy, you know, a couple of candles, you know, at 630 at night when really no one's paying attention uh, and having these stocks really go through the roof. Um, but on the flip side, you know, those folks that were long really, really uh, enjoyed the ride. What I don't understand, fellas, is where the U.S. is allowing these companies to list here. Obviously, yeah. there is something going on here. This, the, these aren't happening by accident. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, I, I just I'm just not really understanding why these are being allowed to kind of continue in this fashion where you can kind of pick predict, uh, you know, based on the way if they're listed and there's a company out of Hong Kong or China and uh, there's some crazy early morning action. You can almost predict the ride that the stock is going to take for the day, multiple halts throughout the day while it's in the halt and it comes out, it opens up, you know. 10, 20, 30, 50% higher in the halt. And, and folks don't have an opportunity to interact when the stocks are halted. Yeah. So I'm really, it's just, I'm scratching my head as to why this is being allowed to continue uh, in this way. Uh, yeah, definitely. It, it's something that definitely comes up, especially with retail traders, right? I mean, that's where it usually affects. We got a good, great question here. I'm going to give you an opportunity, Dan, here to gain yourself a customer. That's what it's all about, right? Here we go. We got Lombardo asking in a very important question. Did Trade Zero have some shares of top to short? Um, so, of, of course. course, I'm sure the borrow was pretty pretty high on a stock like you know, this. Um, but that's what that's what they want to hear, Dan. On the day that the stock went from 6-2 in the after hours of 2 to 87, I think it was, we had locates at the stock at around $0.04 cents a share. Uh, really proud of that. And people are like, wow, this doesn't even make sense why it's so cheap. It's all about supply and demand. If we have access to liquidity, uh, we're going to price it appropriately. Uh, when things get really tough to, to source and, and find, we'll, we'll, we'll always have them, but the price will be a lot higher. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not a locate you necessarily wanted to take due, yeah. due to what happened with the stock. If you're too early, man, you get run <laughs> yeah. over there too. Yeah, that's how it is. It's difficult. It's Risky. difficult for, for sure. Those traders out there, you got you got to be careful with trades like this. But uh, you saw Lombardo. Hey, they got the inventory out there. So definitely check them out. I'll throw up a link for you guys if you guys want to check them out. But Dan, what about the regional bank concerns, right? Um, 
They're starting to come back into play. What are you thinking about the banks? Are you still a little bit concerned of what's going on out there? It's, you know, I was in the city yesterday, uh, super, driving by a First Republic. And, you know, I know it's with some guys in the office who were talking about it. Super reminiscent of 2007, 2008. It's a little scary. Um, you know, you have banks like JP Morgan who, uh, you know, back then in 2007, eight, they really cleaned up with the Wachovias, the Washington Mutuals yeah. of the world. Um, and so the, the bigger going to get bigger. It's unfortunate because, you know, I feel like a lot of these regional banks are more customer focused. They're, they provide sort of like community type of services. They're inbred with the, with, with the neighborhoods and the communities. So look, thank God we have the big banks where, where it's not costing the taxpayer uh, anything to kind of see our way out of these situations. But um but it is a little uh, it's it's eye opening because um, you know you talk about the government and and uh, and um, you know looking to break up or looking to not not um, propel larger banks to become larger. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's what's happening. All right, now I want to jump in and ask you a little bit about one thing that I've thought about, Dan, and this is just kind of more overall talk. Um, and and this is just kind of my experience. When I first came in, was right when they started shifting from uh, out of free commit from commissions to free commissions. Right, it was a big move that shift. Right, and it's changed uh, the landscape for all brokerages out there. And what do you think about that overall since you've seen the change, right? Do you think that this has helped or hurt the retail investor out there? I think it's definitely helped. I mean, I think it's propelled folks to, to kind of come into the marketplace. It's eliminated a barrier to entry um, in many cases. And, uh, and I think it's good. You know, the whole, you know, uh, the, the discussion about payment for order flow and should mm -hmm. it exist, should it not exist? It's those types of things that allow the commission-free model to exist. Uh, so I'm obviously a proponent of it. We, we do participate in payment for order flow with Trade Zero. Uh, while we do you know, send a lot of order flow to exchanges, where your exchanges will rebate you for, based on different situations if you send order flow to them. But I think it's definitely helped. I think it's helped uh, a lot of folks feel like, hey, I can get into this. It's, 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 it's not going to be a costly thing. I could try and see what it's all about. Uh, and I think it makes the markets and what we do a lot more approachable uh, without having that fee structure attached. So I think it's been a great, great thing, especially for the retail investor. I mean, it's, it's a double-edged sword. So, you know, and I can totally see the arguments yeah. that you're in making, and I think they're fantastic arguments, mm -hmm. you know, with obviously payment for order flow driving zero commission. The debt, the downside obviously is, you know, we get too much flow going off exchange. So it's like, we need a balance here. And I know we exactly. kind of, taking it from you know on exchange we look like 20 years ago where the majority of orders traded on exchange now we're getting to almost half orders trading off exchange so at a certain point in time you can concerns just too much action off exchange as opposed to on exchange so it's that balancing act and that's what the regulators are trying to do with this new market structure Wait, reforms is, you know is, what dennis like what, yeah. what what the exchanges have done and what they should continue to do is trying to attract water order flow to the exchanges how do they do that they incentivize brokerages like like ours to send orders there how do they do yeah. that they do it by rebates you know all of the exchanges have what's called a maker taker model if in other words if you add liquidity you post an order that doesn't immediately execute you get paid for that order if you take liquidity you pay and they can they can play around with the market structure you look at the miami stock exchange two years ago i don't even know if anyone would have, would have ever even known that the miami stock exchange existed but they have an, a, a pricing structure right now 
where they're really looking to attract liquidity. They're really looking to attract order flow. How are they doing that? They're paying for retail attested order flow. So a broker deal like, like mine, um, you can you can attest to the exchanges that, hey, the orders that are coming in that we're directing to your exchange are driven by are driven by folks, you know, uh, pushing the button or, or clicking the mouse, not yeah. institutional order flow. Uh, and they will reward the, the, the trader or the broker dealer in a very big way, much more competitively than, you know, the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ in order to try and attract order flow. So they are. I feel like they're really in the driver's seat of determining, uh, you know, how much of that happens. Love it. Love it, Dan. And definitely, like always, you guys want to check out the extensive inventory of short locates that TradeZero has to offer. I just threw up the link there. And you can get three months free, of course, of TradeZero's flagship software, Zero Pro. Dan, it's always great to have you on the show. We'll have you back on next week. And Gentlemen. looking forward to learning a little bit more about Trade Zero. And like always, watch out with those short locates out there. You got to be careful. But like timing always, is everything. Timing is everything, right? Timing, timing is, everything. is everything. But if you need them, we have them. That's there what it's go. all about, right? You got to have man. the tools. The man with the tools knows what he's, he's doing. Tools. All right, Dan. Day, have a great one. Take care, my you friend. Too. Thanks, Bye, Dan. Sure, Dan. All right, let's get back to the markets. Joel, how are we looking? We leaking? We hanging on? Here? Yeah, it just, it was a little, you know, a little bit of a seller in there. We made a new, here, let me bring up the S&P. We just made a new pre-market low at uh, 41.74 and a quarter. That was just under the prior low. And now just getting a little bounce here. So uh, I think it'd be important to recoup yesterday's low. Just kind of, just kind of like a slow leak. Kind of what we had yesterday uh going into the open but then they just came in and bought it off the open i have nothing for you as far as like i told you before um if you're looking for support um i don't really have anything down to you until friday's interday low and that was way down at 41 43.75 so uh you know if you're short and you're trying to you know cover it or pick it along here you know maybe drill down on some of your you know 15 minute or 30 minute charts it's a tough market to trade yeah. and i posted my results there for last month and my trading account was up only two percent last month and i'm working for that two percent and you know that was my worst month that i've had since i've left bright trading over a year ago here now um it was a really choppy month it was tough to get you know the feel for it volatility coming in probably hurt me the most because we know march i had one of my best months in probably years and then i followed it up in april with one of my worst i think the vix because we touched 30 in march and then we're touching in the teens you know 17 18 16 in april that hurts me but what really hurts is just like the you know I, again sometimes you do okay in the chop but it's was so it's a rotation even within sectors that hurt me the most because like relationships weren't working as well. It was a very weird month. And that kind of continues here today. I, know, I mean, look at I this. was talking about this, you know, how often do you see Apple and Microsoft trading up when the S&P is down? I mean, you've got this just really weird market right now where when they hit the banks too hard, they buy the tech stocks to balance it out because they don't want to take the S&P down. You know, you know, just, they don't like going down the S&P, so they got to buy something if they're going to keep the S&P up. So bank bad news is good news for tech. I mean, those are the relationships there. But, you know, it, it's just a very tricky market right now. Great learning opportunities, though. So, you know, if you can make a little bit of money and learn, too, that's always good as well.
Always important. Let's go to Tesla now as they have news today. Let's go to as they're releasing an increase of the price of the vehicles, including Model 3 and Model Y in the U.S., China and Japan. Uh, in China, the increase was uh, not not the biggest increase right now. Cost two hundred and thirty one thousand nine hundred uh, yen, uh, up from the previous two hundred and twenty nine thousand nine hundred. Right. So these ch price changes aren't really majorly different in the U.S. It's about two hundred and fifty dollars more. So I don't think this is going to make a major effect, but I am looking at Tesla to see if we can come right back for the up gap fill towards 180. So I'm keeping an eye on it. We'll see what happens. We had the undercut and then the rally and we're all consolidating. I could see an argument where we could start to get bullish on Tesla. It's kind of just, it's going to go one way or another. You're at the, like the train station right now. We yeah. don't know which direction it's going to go. So like place your bets. This thing can get up over the highs and start into that gappy area. So I'd say up over that 169.70. Then you have the nice gap up to the 177. So I love trading in the gaps. When you start getting into that, then it moves yeah. more easily. So I think if you're betting here, the only problem is it could be wrong. We start to break down, make new lows, and you absolutely don't want to be in it. But we are in consolidation station here in Tesla right now. You've got certain tech stocks going higher. This one has not participated, which, you know, is somewhat concerning because back in January, February, Tesla was the driver of the market. Now it's the one kind of holding us back to a certain extent because out of the mega cap tech stocks, and that's what Tesla is here now, being one of the top components, this is one that is not participating. Yeah, it looked like it was getting into that gap and, you know, you felt kind of, you know, like, okay, it's going to come down here. I mean, I think this where it would get real interesting, but it uh, it came back. I think instead of like leaning on that low, uh, and I've seen this at Tesla before, you know, you got two lows in the same area protecting the, 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 the bottom of the move here. So I don't have any problem, you know, leaning on this, you know, 157.32, 158.63 area. Uh, coming back on the upside, multiple highs right here at 160. I guess Friday's high was 165. The thing concerning here is that it just, you know, the it's just not it's just not moving with like the you know the S P you know like when when it was really moving up and it had those big runs you know pre uh, 2023. It just see it just doesn't have that. And also, I mean, I was in one the other day, and I mean those screens. I mean, that they have? I mean, is that hazardous? I mean, my buddy was in That's there. That's they all are. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, you talk about the stress. I mean, it's I basically guess the dashboard is an iPad. I know. I know. I don't even like the way it looks. I either like, do I. I. Like, I don't like it, but that's just me. I mean, yeah. a lot of people do like it. That's the way they've been. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, that's I mean, you need all it. that crap when you're driving. I mean, you be, <laughs> Joel, you know, they just want to watch TV and let the car drive on the, itself on the road. Auto I mean, drive. I, I don't Auto know. Drive. I want to sit back, kick back. Come on. We're Netflix here. We're in the my, year. Definitely. We're in the generation of kickback Netflix and let the car with drive. With my Starlink internet. <laughs> I mean, who needs a screen that big? I mean, for a map, you're looking at a map. I mean, I don't know. I don't Joel, know if they could do a pull down on the windshield, they would. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, a little. Sun's too I bright know. today. Boom. Yeah, we don't be there, down. but we are so much farther from autonomous driving than everybody wants you to believe. We are yeah, a it's decade still, away from that. It's still a little while away. It, oh, yeah, don't have it's you. because they get the ninety nine percent well. 
but it's that one percent trying to capture that they don't get you know that they can't figure out i mean you know you got the dog and the, you got you know the dog running across the road you know or you know you've got you know a sudden you know somebody else makes a mistake you know how does the car respond to that can stay between the lines very well but how does it respond to other things i mean figuring all those little things out those intricacies that's the tricky part how does it avoid the accident how does you know not cause an accident in certain situations i mean they, they there's obviously a lot for them to still figure out on autonomous driving but you know staying between the lines i got that figured out very well we'll see what happens there in tesla to see if it gets a lift today let's go to one more here let's go to bp um, let's go to BP as they reported their earnings. Uh, BP's earnings wow. here at a dollar sixty-six beat the dollar forty estimate. Uh, sales of fifty-six point one eight billion missed the fifty-eight point eight eight billion estimate. They reported a mixed Q1 production down on planned outages. Planned a one point seven five billion share buyback program uh, announced. Oh, like down to thirty-four to thirty-five. That's the buy zone for this stock. So you're a little bit above it here yet. But if you can come back down to that 35 area, I do like BP. Um, I, I do think, and I, I, I'm still eyeing Oxy, you know, like Oxy. <laughs> I want to get back down to that 58. It's like the level of levels, the Warren Buffett put level. I love having the Warren Buffett put. We played it off there. I'd love it to get in that zone again, you know, the 58 to 59 and 58 to 59. And it was so many opportunities back in there. And then it eventually did go up. And I'm still long a little bit in the long-term account. But I'd love to start trading this again off that 58 level because we know Warren is lurking. Uh, this BP is, uh, you know, obviously traded uh, overseas and down two and a half bucks, trading on the lows of the pre-market session. So, don't know. Uh, ahead of the uh, 34 to 35 area, I mean, there's a low, a pair of lows in the lower 36 handle, 36.24. Uh, but as far as like these oil stocks yesterday, I mean, uh, Goldman. Goldman turned the stock and turned uh, Exxon Mobil yesterday with the downgrade. I mean, big time. Got hit down another 66 cents. Uh, what I think is interesting about some of these oil stocks is that you've had, uh, you know, the crude, you know, crater and and, and fill the gap from uh, from the OPEC cut. But th these stocks haven't yet, and they're still hold, maintaining that gap area. People loving the the PE, uh, the low PE on these things. So uh, as long as it's but in the gap area. Remember those low PEs, they are cyclical. So, you know, you can go in here and people mm -hmm. get caught, you know, with these low PEs. And then all of a sudden, you know, times get tougher and that E starts to drop. And you're like, whoa, this doesn't look as attractive as it does. So that's one thing to remember is earnings, you know, earnings from an ExxonMobil are much different than earnings from like a Microsoft where it's much yeah. more stable. So just keep that in mind. I agree. Uh, one thing I'm going to just keep watch WTI below 72s is very important for me. Um, if it does go below 72s back into the 60s, you'll see me short in some of these oil stocks. But if it goes back into the 80s and the 90s, I might go long. That's, that's it's what it's going to be like right now. It's hard to go long a bunch of them if you still think we're in for a tougher a second recession. half. And I yep. still do. I mean, here, you know, as a story, KRE going down is bad for oil stocks. It is mm -hmm. because you got those regionals and don't kid yourself. There'd be a few oil companies that probably lend money to too. So who are they lending to? You know, if you start losing more regional banks, does credit get tighter? And then you got to look at, well, who's got a lot of debt? I bet these oil companies. So there is concerns there. And if interest rates stay higher for a longer period of time, that's, you know, not that great either. So, but we don't know. Like, I mean, we don't know if the regional banking crisis is going to get worse. We don't know if we're going to recession. Nobody's got a crystal ball here. We're just placing bets. I'm playing conservative. 
still trading market neutral with a lot of cash because I just, you know, I, I just see too much cloudiness for me to be fully invested here. That's all. It would really suck. I mean, to come and the market breaks out and go all time highs and you got half cash. But you know what would suck more is that you go fully invested here right now and you just get the timing wrong and all of a sudden the second half gets ugly and the market collapses and you're like, wow, I was right. But, you know, I got suckered into the last minute. So I just think I got to stick with a lot of cash here, getting 5% plus for cash, just being conservative here. Again, that doesn't mean you have to trade from the short side. It doesn't mean you have to trade. There's lots of opportunities, like Dan was just saying, to trade from the long and from the short side. I'm just not going to blindly invest in a very overvalued market here right now because everybody else is telling me to. All right. Uh, that's probably going to do it for at least our selected topics. Now we can do a little bit of some ticker time. I know we barely get to this, so I wanted you guys to get a chance, an opportunity to throw up some tickers, get them in there. I'll give one that I'm just looking at. Um, I started talking with Christian Fromhertz about Honeywell and GE two weeks ago before I left. We were looking for the 100 break. It got through that, came back down below 100, now right back above that. Oh, and it's just staying strong, man. It's just unbelievable. That's why I'm starting to look at Honeywell. This is one I had, but I closed it. Um, and I, and I would have got stopped out on that down day, that Wednesday. I'll be as honest as I can be. I probably would have got stopped out on that Wednesday. But now it's starting to get above the 200. I like the monthly chart on this one. What do you think about Honeywell? There's, there's always a shakeout, and that was what that was four days ago. Huge shakeout Shit. in Honeywell there. They announced the big buyback. Buyback, yeah. About this. Ah, Huge I didn't buyback. know that the one. The earnings were good too here, Money Mitch. Ah. And they hammered it. And then they're like, oh, wait, we maybe want to buy this because it actually wasn't that bad. And now it starts to look pretty good. So you got another case where, you know, they're buying back. They obviously feel pretty good about the business. Again, this is not a recession-proof stock. So if you think we're in for a tough second half, maybe this isn't one you're just throwing, you know, and putting in your long-term portfolio and not looking at it. But short-term here, I don't mind Honeywell here. I think if the market holds up well, I think this is a stock that should hold up well too. I'd like to see it close over 201.50. Uh, you did get to 202.16 yesterday, but four highs in a row right at the 201.75 area. So it stayed, gets a bid. I mean, got above it yesterday, couldn't close above it, but I think that's uh, that's an important area. Once you establish a bid there, you can uh, perhaps work your way to, towards 203, 204. Uh, GE, you mentioned, uh, they hit it off the earnings. Uh, another continuation down day and then caught another bid so the, the surprising stock Resilience. of the year for sure I mean, it, it's G. it's the best stock of the year and the worst stock of the last 20 years that's what ge is <laughs> so i mean we got to give a perspective here and people are like what a great company ge is and i just kind of cringe i know, you know i what? know everybody it's, it's doubled it. from the lows here where we were back just in october here but when you look at this long-term chart on ge this stock has absolutely been a disaster, and it's worse than that. Oh nine, you got to go back to oh one, and Joel's chart's not going to go back for no. Congratulations, only twenty years. But if you go back further than that, the GE high is much higher than the two forty. So that looks ugly, but it even looks worse when you go back to two thousand and one. Money, Mitch. I don't know. I can go back on my. Yeah, I can do it. See. It's 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 huge splits there that came in. That's how they were able to. I turn think the high was around. when Jack Welch left in two thousand one. We do this exercise. I feel like once a month on G. Yeah, it's three fifteen. I got three fifty. Three sixty four. Three sixty four. 
So it hit $364 in 2001. <laughs> and here we are 22 years later, and it's 100 bucks. and people are telling you what a good company this is. So hey, a good stock splits. for the last six months. I tell you, not for the last 22 years. All right, let's go ahead. Let's talk about Meta. Lucia wants to talk about Meta. I know I saw I do that gap up. What do you guys think? I know I wasn't here for that. Man, oh, man. Resilience oh man. here. And it's talking AI. They're talking all the right things. I mean, anything like to Spinner's point here, the Microsoft call, you know, and they're talking AI nonstop. So aggressive in what they're talking about. And Google too conservative here. So, um, you know, meta, same thing. Talking aggressively about AI. The metaverse, we're going to make in people. It's like, yeah, the buzz, the buzz. The buzz has captured meta. The buzz has captured Microsoft. When stocks are in the buzz, and valuation is always reasonable to meta. So, you know, but now it's like starting to expand because they got the buzz going here too. So they're in the perfect spot, really. I mean, when you think about that, valuation reasonable. And now they got the, the momentum going and the buzz going on their side too. Every time you try to fight this stock, it continues to go higher. It's been a stop, tough stock to short. Hard to really get bearish to say until it loses the 235. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. I just you took the numbers right out of my mouth there. You've uh, you had the gap up three days in a row. You've uh, had the the lows right at splitting 235 between 235.75 and 236.77. Let's call that the 236 area. So just say okay. You know, come and get me. It, it faked a little bit last time. Like, oh, I'm going to get into the gap here and then took off again. I have nothing on the monthlies for you. So maybe if you want to uh, drill down on your weeklies, you got to think about, you know, psychological 250 level, maybe a little resistance. But first of all, get green today and then keep an eye on 244. Uh, that was the high from yesterday. Uh, in your closing price, you'd like to see it, you know, get above that first, but that's only 26 cents away there for uh, Meta. And um, did I figure it's through the 50% of the whole move? So, yep, few stocks back in the top components of uh, the S&P. One last uh, one. Let me see. Let me sneak one in, Joel. Sure. AMD. I wanted to get your outlook on AMD. Yeah, now you have earnings coming Earnings up, tonight. Right? Earnings tonight. Yeah, earnings tonight. It was it was getting beat down yesterday while Nvidia was going up. That's that's one thing that I'll note. It was getting mm. beat down yesterday while Nvidia was just kind of rising all. Yeah, the they day. just are just now just buying Nvidia and Intel too. Didn't even have that great of a day. It's filling the gap here now, coming back. They're back to this Nvidia versus the world. It used to be AMD <laughs> and that? Nvidia. Now it's just <laughs> Nvidia. Correct. So AMD PA much more reasonable. Where's the AMD PE money, Mitch? If we go look at Let's our trusty look. Benzinga Pro. Let's go look this Let's thing up because here. its PE is probably half of what NVIDIA is. 30? I, I I, is 30. that where you got it? 34? Just do the yeah. exercise. So AMD. NVIDIA. Yeah. Let's see. NVIDIA. I'm looking 64. To 30. Yeah, about half. 30. More, less it's than half. half of NVIDIA. Mm -hmm. So you're, right now you're paying twice as much for NVIDIA that you are for AMD for every dollar of earnings. I wouldn't bet against Lisa Sue. I'd rather be long AMD than NVIDIA. Well, there long you guys term, have it. Long term. What do you see, Joel? I, I think that uh, you had your break, and uh, now you're on the recovery road. So I think you got room up to the $93 area. Um, boom. Do I have uh, any daily highs there? Yeah, 93.16. Uh, you could easily see that on a, on a beat. And then uh, you stabilize there, get back to work over 95. But um, 
Definitely a little bit of a muted move here, uh, but I'll be looking to get back half of this move from 102.43 uh, down to 83.76. That's a look at AMD. I'm going to hop out here. S&Ps that were just off the pre-market low, just kind of oh. like a day like yesterday where, mm -hmm. you know, they sold it off in the pre-market and they brought it right back. So important to keep an eye. 88, you have uh, two closes uh, to keep an eye on. You have the high close of the move. Uh, from Friday at 88.50. That was also the last print for April. So sell in May and go away, kind of working a little bit. And then yesterday's close is right up in that area at 85.75. So that's what the bulls need to do. All right, everyone, have a Doubles. great day. Doubles. All right, let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about something that is getting a little bit of some movement. The chat was asking about it. I tried to do a little bit of research. Of course, I already had the downgrade, but uh, coin is Coinbase making is moves popping, right yeah. now. Um, so I see you guys, chat. Don't worry. We're always catching it. Channel guy, trader. I see you, man. Don't worry. I looked it up. Um, some people are getting caught on that downgrade, too. Yeah, there's a downgrade, the on the downgrade. Right? So, and now City you group. get you know breaking news here on Coinbase here. Um, I'm just grabbing it here, too. It looks like... Uh, Citigroup, continue. Um, so Citigroup had put the downgrade Citigroup's on Coinbase. downgrade. It's got to think there's some commentary here with the Wells notice. Exactly. I've got to think there's something. There has to be this, with the Wells notice. This is trading notice. actively. I'm thinking this is something to do with the Wells notice. Yeah, we no, have wait. no confirmation Coinbase introduces yet. Coinbase International Exchange? No, I'm just trying to like. Are they introducing? I'm just looking actually and just scrolling through. And just yeah, this is actually myself. hitting right now as it happens, team. So we're, we're trying to pull it for you live, but definitely keep your eyes on the coin. A move base. like this, you'd think it's that Wells notice out that there. Wells that Wells notice that they got, right? That they were able to maybe put it to, to rest a little Chad, bit. Chad, if you we'll have it, let out. us know here too. We know the downgrade. We That's been out all morning and the stock was trading down, but it just popped three bucks. So I've got to think. There's something to do maybe with that Wells notice information. With I, I know I know that uh, the CEO was talking about the AI and that supposedly he was using chat GPT to predict Bitcoin and things like that. But I don't think that was going to move the stock like this. I'm with Dennis. Probably maybe a mention of the Wells notice. And I mean, notice. you do have, we you need do have Bitcoin bouncing back here right now, too. So that's not hurting it. So, mm -hmm. but this looks like company specific news. This doesn't look like the slight move up we've had in Bitcoin here this morning because you can see like the Mara and the riots have all went green. Bitcoin yeah. is trading green here a little bit here this morning. I still think the Bitcoin pullback here is another buying opportunity. We've bought it off this level a couple of times off this 16. We've been talking about this level on the BITO I'm looking at because that's your Bitcoin ETF that I trade it with. Um, and the other thing to consider is that if the regional banking crisis starts to get really ugly, it didn't work yesterday because I think that the Bitcoiners were like, oh, they're all talking about the regional bank crisis being over and they were kind of selling Bitcoin on that. I think like it's not over yet. I think if you get more regional banks going down, you're going to want to be long Bitcoin. So I actually do think the pullback here in Bitcoin is a buying opportunity. Not long. I'm not a long-term fan of Bitcoin, but I'll tell you in the short run here, I still think Bitcoin has more upside. All right. I'll just say, at least from what I see here, and, and I do agree with the chat, at least from right now, I would say international uh, exchange is why this is moving. Why does this make sense? Because now you can invest if you're like in, like, let's say Brazil in Coinbase and things like that. Um, but I'm going to do a little bit more research. Of course, if you want to find out more about this situation, of course, it's developing right now. So come over to live trading, live trading. I'll make sure I do a little bit deeper research and look into this Coinbase move. We'll see what happens there. Pulling down my charts, going to wrap up here with Dennis Dick. Any last outlook for the market today, Dennis? Um, 
it's going to be choppy. It's going to be mixed. We're going to get more market information. I mean, you're going to be choppy ahead of the Fed. We get the Fed tomorrow, Fed decision, and then we get Apple on Thursday. Tonight's earnings calendar is AMD is is the highlight, but there's some other ones on there. Ford is on there. Starbucks is on there. Um, I'm just looking through it right now here. Yeah, Th- those are Caesars we talked about already. Here, there's a lot of mid caps. So you're kind of in the smaller mid caps, but Starbucks, AMD, Ford would be the highlights tonight. All right, we'll see what happens there. Definitely catch the earnings, and like always, you guys can keep up with all the action right here on Benzinga. Dennis, always good to have you, my friend. Have a good trading day. Look at Dennis. He's focused. He's ready to get after it. <laughs> Have a good one, Dennis. All right, man. We're going to get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. And if you guys haven't checked out, we are and started already the small account challenge. My man, Ryan Faluna, already hitting 10% on the account yesterday. We're going to keep going after it. We're using, of course, Moomoo. So if you want to check out an interesting brokerage, come check it out. I'm going to get over to live trading right now. You guys, check this out. We're getting after it. Small account challenge. And of course, I'll still be using my swing trades, looking at some of those. I did take some. Find out what stock I'm still long on right now if you come over to live trading. I'll see you guys over there. And don't forget, we still got the book club. We'll be going back into the book club. Of course, Japanese candlestick trading. Yes, we'll be back at it this Sunday, team. Hit the like button. Let's go ahead and bring you guys over now to live trading. And, of course, we'll have a little all-access on there also. See you guys there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.